Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Game on. Game on. Bleachers are open. Tuttle is on. Zoom is working. Got the right Wi-Fi signal. We got, we got AirPods that are working. It's golden time. And uh, another u- unique time to be in the bleachers again with the Bleacher Blums podcast. Things are going extremely well. We are having a lot of fun. But at the same time, there really isn't much going on as far as the baseball world is concerned. But that might actually be a good thing, Tuttle, just in the sense that last year was such a, a shit show with scheduling with COVID and then the hierarchy of, of, of major sports around uh, the world trying to figure out how to get through this thing. And uh, baseball is back to normal. So once you hit that kind of lull in baseball, it kind of lets you know that things are getting back to normal for them. And I was actually watching, uh, I think it was a Rockies Padres game uh, the other day, and they had Bud Black on, the manager of the, of the Rockies. And I also played for Bud Black with the San Diego Padres. And he said something uh, that he goes, it almost feels normal. And I think that's a great thing. It's got to be encouraging for the players to know that they can go out there consistently. But are you kind of getting that sense within uh, the baseball world and what you've seen and what you've read as far as maybe a little bit of normalcy because spring training is just kind of in motion right now? Yeah, Blummer. Absolutely. I, I think what's interesting about that is, uh, you know, we when guys step out of bounds or we hear, um, you know, that so-and-so did something, we always say, hey, look, you know, these are normal human beings. They're just a microcosm of society. I might have mentioned last time that, uh, you know, I read a really optimistic article about how the summer is going to look as kind of herd immunity takes place. Uh, we're gathering mm-hmm. uh, in bigger groups and, uh, and uh, obviously the vaccine um, has hit more people. So, um, so I would think again, going backwards, that would translate into the sports world as well. So, um, you know, they've taken obviously stronger precautions. Some of those folks have gotten vaccinated earlier and, you know, they're kind of in their bubble. Um, and I do, I, I do see the optimism. It's interesting what came across the wire this morning, hate to jump all over the place, but you know, no, Duke, we're here, man. Yeah. Duke was uh, doing well in the ACC tournament and obviously they're in fear of um, not making the tournament for the first time in 9,000 years or 800 years or something. And yeah, they were playing um, and they this thing a, at the Roman Coliseum when Duke first won their title. Yeah, that's right. And then they had a positive <laughs> COVID test and they're out and they're definitely out. And so I think even with all this optimism, you get a quick, you know, you know, a quick, news tidbit like that and you're like oh Mm -hmm. all right well you know we're still we're still dealing with some stuff but back to your comment about bud black i mean i think uh you know if you look good and you feel good you play good i mean if you believe in the clubhouse that things are getting back to normal and you're going to play a full season and that you're you know that 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 hope springs eternal that we've talked about consistently Mm -hmm. with spring training if that's how the teams and players are feeling then um i'm feeling that way about our podcast as well that we'll have (laughs) these great topics and we'll be able to delve into baseball this year a little bit more substantially than we did last year with a you know a shortened season and everything that's been going on so so absolutely. I mean, let's uh, let's use Bud Black as the beacon, right? That that things mm-hmm. are things are going to be things are going to be great this year, and I'm looking forward to having a full baseball season and be able to be able to spend it with you and talk about uh, what happens. 
Yep, me too. And a just quick shout out to Fabletics for uh, sponsoring the Bleacher Blums podcast. Again, I'm actually wearing a pair of shorts that I got about five years ago. Uh, they're still running strong for me. I think I've blown out one of the zippers, though, trying to hold my phone as it gets bigger and bigger over the years. But they are adapting as well as a company doing a great job with, a, you know, a very durable fabric for uh, for my cycling needs. And then uh, they've got great moisture wicking uh, fabrics for their T-shirts and things like that. But the best thing about them, I think, is that if if you go join their VIP membership, you will get, you know, 20 to 50% off of a lot of their items on there. So make sure you go to fabletics.com and make sure you check out the men's gear. I know everybody knows they've got women's clothing. Kate Hudson started this thing to compete with other athletic companies, but uh, she also recognized there is a need for the uh, opposite sex and they've done a great job with their men's line. So make sure you go to fabletics.com and check out their men's gear. Uh, I know I'm a big fan of it and, uh, Hopefully they continue our relationship with us because they continue to make us look good and perform better on our podcast. There you go. And I think the other key to the Fabletics piece is that, um, you know, with now, I saw an article this morning, it relates. So it just said how to, with the, with the virtual world we've been living in, like how to, how to look classy in your sweats. And I think Fabletics <laughs> fits the, fits the bill in the sense that they said, Hey, like try a newer, you know, don't wear those old gray baggy, like cuff sweats, like try and get, you know, slimmer, more updated, you know, newer yep. fabrics, things like that. And I will say that Fabletics compared to some of the other, um, uh, things on the market is obviously they're trying to make you look good. Um, they're modern. The technology is great in terms of the wicking fabric, like you said, but also you don't have to pay full price for it. So, um, you know, again, go to fabletics.com and join the VIP and you'll, uh, you'll enjoy the, the, uh, the, um, product, but you also not pay full price. So that's always key. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you to Fabletics. I want to go back to something you had hinted at before we went into that ad is that you were talking about, you know, Duke not making the tournament because of COVID. So that'll actually be two years in a row, because if you remember this time last year, we are actually on the anniversary of the NBA shutting down, which eventually shut down all other major sports and canceled the NCAA tournament that we all look forward to. And I think some of the excitement is building for the March Madness to get here. But we are one year removed from Rudy Gobert becoming that first positive. And I believe it was the Utah versus the Dallas Mavericks when they were literally at tip. They were had the 10 players on the court. They were getting ready to tip. And one of the trainers or somebody in management came running onto the court and was like, nope, we got to shut this thing down. And they stopped that game. And that was probably the last opportunity they had to play a game before they shut everything down. But we're a year removed. And normally we like to do these things maybe at the end of a year or the beginning of a year where we say, man, remember how great it was? Remember this? Tuttle, where were you one year ago when you got the news? And what do you remember most about that time when you heard that this was happening? You know, that's a that's a great question. And, and we didn't talk about this before. I mean, we talked about the anniversary. <clears throat> I think when I, when I remember hearing about Rudy Gobert and then I heard that um, – Oh gosh, who's the best player on the Jazz? The guy that is paid a number forty-five. Uh, Donovan. Donovan. So when when that all went down, and you heard that Donovan Mitchell was upset at at Gobert, like they got it. I mean, like I remember that. <laughs> to me, it was. I think to your point, and I think maybe this is relevant to uh, the listeners as well. 
I didn't know what that impact was. Like, we didn't know if that, how long yes. they were going to shut down the season. You know, like always, there's no context. So we're like, what? They're going like, are they going to keep it contained no. in the Utah locker room? And then what's going to happen? And then I think for me, the biggest impact, and this was a year ago as well, March 13th. And we're today, is today the 12th? I mean, we're like 11th. exactly a year. Oh, Man, it's March okay. 11th. And this is episode 111. How about that? Awesome, dude. Boom. <laughs> Couldn't even write that if we wanted to. Um, is The kids uh, got out of school March 13th. They shut down all the schools. So yeah. I think point. to me, the impact was, gosh, what's this thing happening? And, oh, they shut down the game. And what's going to happen to Rudy Gobert, I think, was my first thought. And, you know, because we yeah. didn't know – uh, we didn't know the impact in terms of the morbidity and like, is Rudy Gobert is, you know, does he gonna have to go to the hospital? He was just standing on the court about ready to, you know, take the jump ball. And, you know, yeah, it was, it was a little like, uh, there was a little anxiety and a little, um, I guess, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uncertainty. That's yes. the word. Yeah. So yeah, I was, was super say. uncertain. And then when the kids got out of school, I think that that was two days later, I think that's when it really hit me. Yeah. And, you know, for us in our, in our lifetime, we have never seen anything on this level. We've never seen anything, you know, of this gravity. So when I heard that they had shut, I, I, I took it as, okay, they shut that game down because this guy has it. And I'm like, okay, they'll figure it out and we'll find out what it is and the severity and we'll, we'll be fine and move on. But all of a sudden it turned into two or three games off. And then they said, we're shutting down the season until otherwise it's noted. And then you started to see other leagues shut down. March madness disappears. Like you yeah. said, all of a sudden your kids aren't going to school and you're kind of going, bro, this is like, yeah. this, this is, this is real, man. And it yeah. kind of freaked me out a little bit because there was so much uncertainty, but the bizarre part about it was, is that how abruptly it stopped because, you know, now looking back, which is very easy to do is, you know, you see things happening in California where the flu, the flu season, remember the flu yeah. was really bad in November in California in 2019. Yeah. Uh, then we get to 2020 and I'm, I'm going to California, you know, to visit my old high school. <clears throat> I'm going to the rodeo. I, I got to see Willie Nelson play a concert. I, I was, um, I was on the, uh, I was in the arena at NRG stadium where they have the rodeo. I'm on the dirt, like where, you know, 20 minutes yeah. earlier, they're riding bulls and I'm yeah. watching Marin Morris, you know, give a, yeah. give a post uh, rodeo concert. Yeah. And you're standing uh, in horse manure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. got, I've actually got boots on, which is a rarity. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm having the time of my life and two days later. And I actually think it was today, March 11th, that we went to, I took my oldest daughter to go visit Rice University because we were going to watch uh, Trey Cruz and Antonio Cruz, who are obviously the uh, part of the Cruz family and watch a Rice baseball game. And we get home and all of a sudden everything's shutting down. And I just could not believe it because you know, literally it felt, you know, 30 seconds ago, we were in a crowd of about 4,000 people, a crowd of about 60,000 people. And we were all filing out of there. And two days later, we're like, hit the brakes, start washing your groceries. Uh, don't open your packages when they're delivered. I mean, it was nuts, man. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we can all look back and think about, oh, things that were a little crazy. I, I think this also highlights the fact that um, as you know, on this podcast, listeners and, and Blummer, I mean, I'm not a big news guy. I don't, I don't, I don't get, get up every morning and get on the tick, ticker and see what's happening because, you know, the news sometimes seems a little, uh, 
you know, slanted one way or the other. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying, yeah, exaggerate. I mean, like, we don't really know what the science was saying at that time. And now we still have, I guess, a little more clarity, but I think to your point, you know, leaving an arena, you know, where the rodeo is going on uh, or a Willie Nelson concert with 60,000 people. And then three days later, having everything shut down, you're like, man, I better go get tested. Like if this thing is, you know, is deadly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you didn't, you know, I, I wasn't at a concert the day before. I don't remember where I was, but we went from normal life and, you know, at a restaurant, we sat next to these people. And then you're like, oh my God, if they had it, then, you know, so there was definitely a sense of panic and uncertainty. I feel like there's less of that now. And to Bud Black's point, you know, maybe there's some optimism that things will get back to normal. But I think, as you said, with Duke being out of the tournament and uh, March Madness approaching, March Madness is one of my favorite times of year. And yeah. since I left baseball, you know, we have a group of guys that go out to Vegas every year. Uh, I got another guy I know does that. And that's been shut down last year. That'll be shut down this year as well. So I think if we are able next year. How about that? I guess I'm looking now 12 months forward mm-hmm. to get on an airplane or, you know, get our butts in a car uh, out to Las Vegas and uh, get into the sports book and, you know, have a couple good days of watching basketball. Then I, then I think for me personally, and for most of us, we'll feel like, all right, now we've made it through this, uh, this kind of hiccup in, in our lifetime and, uh, and things are getting back to normal. So I do, I do see, um, you know, as always, right? The the light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, you are that but, guy. You are our shining yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. I'm that guy, man. I'm an optimist. Yeah. But uh, but we don't know still. But I, I just I do see it. Um, I do see it coming to an end, and uh, and hopefully sooner than later. So uh, yeah. but yeah, I think when you the question was the Rudy Gobert thing, right? When that happened, we didn't know it was happening. When the kids got out of school, and like you said, nobody went to work, and everything got shut down. That was like when it really hit. Yeah. And uh, you being the eternal optimist and us, you know, recollecting on when this COVID era began, it's kind of interesting that we transition into a major league baseball season where we had already talked about how it's starting to feel a little bit normal. You know, the, the mundane business part of baseball going up, showing up daily, working the nine to five and spring training is heading towards a major league baseball season where we anticipate playing 162 games. Now, something interesting has happened here in Texas with Governor Abbott saying, that he is, you know, pulled back the mask mandate. He said things can open up to 100%. Now, again, it's up to the individual business to practice however they want to practice the COVID uh, situation. I still wear a mask here in Texas when I go out. I respect, uh, it's actually, this is kind of funny. This is, I totally forgot about this. But, uh, uh, Blum's so, blast right in the middle. Here it I'm comes. I'm going to say right in the middle. Yeah, be ready. I've actually got an interesting story at the end of the, at the uh, end of this podcast that I want to bring up because it has a little bit to do with betting. But the mask mandate, I'm, I'm a guy that will wear the mask. I'm just fine. I'll wear the mask. I'll go around. I'm not anti-mask. I'm not pro-mask. I'm just yeah. whatever's safest and whatever is going to make you happy and allow us to live a little bit normal. Yeah. I, I am in the process of selling a car and I've had a couple of dealerships ask about buying my car. And I went into a dealership the other day to show the guy, you know, have an evaluator inspected so they can give me an offer on it. I've got my mask on and I, I went to the front desk. I asked for the guy I'm looking for. I go back, you know, through service to the department I'm looking for. I find the guy I'm looking for and we're chatting it up. And I hand him the keys. He goes and checks out and he takes 10 minutes to go inspect the car. And I'm sitting there in the lobby of this place and I'm looking around and I'm going, man, this is something's off. Something doesn't feel right. And I keep looking around. Guess what? 
there's about 30 people in here, you know, between customers and salesmen and people. Let me guess. I, you're in Texas. You're the only one wearing a mask, right? Only one. Oh, no. I mean, oh. And it was crazy to me. I was like, dude, I'm the only one with a mask on. What? What? <laughs> it was crazy, dude. I could not believe it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. But anyways. Is this uh, a used car dealership or like a standard like dealer? Like Just a I standard mean, dealership. You don't have to throw them under, but I mean, that's that's what I'm yeah. saying. So it's a real dealership. It's not yeah. like some guy with a car lot. You're in a real dealership. No, no, no. Yeah. It wasn't like, you yeah. know, it wasn't like Texas Auto Director or something like yeah, that. It was, yeah, a, it was a legitimate I mean, yeah. car yeah, company yeah. dealership. Gotcha. Yeah. Which that's <laughs> an even more so because... Because we talked about Starbucks and Target saying, hey, look, I know there's yeah, a the mask major still. corporations. Yeah, they're like, hey, we should still wear a mask. And I said this to you last time jokingly, but hey, you know, you have a little bit of notoriety there in Houston for you. It's like, hey, you go wear a mask. And then people are like, is that? Uh, no, that's like, that can't be him. <laughs> I can't go. Just wear a hat and a mask. And then, you know, I feel like I wear a hat, a mask, and sunglasses. Now, I'm not famous, but, you know, I go into my bank and I feel like I'm going to get cuffed and like thrown on the ground. Like, right? you know, you put on a bandana, like in Texas, like that's yeah, what you're like, I could do anything right like. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, that is interesting. And you would think that as a company that they would still want, I mean, yeah. like you said, I don't want to give it to somebody. So I want to make sure that I'm safe. And, you know, I guess I go to the gym in the morning. We don't wear a mask. I mean, I, I guess to your point, I'm willing to comply with whatever the rules yeah. of the house are. So exactly rules of the house. And I mean, that that's, that, and that's, I mean, if you want the mask or wear the mask and I it just ca totally caught me off guard. Cause I didn't even think to walk in there without a mask and be like, ah, oh, I'm not right. wearing, you know, it's been yeah. whatever. But it brings up an interesting point here in Texas because <clears throat> I know you've seen the news and I know a lot of people who listen to us across the country and watch sports have heard that the Texas Rangers have just came out and made one of the boldest statements I've seen in a long time and said, we are going to open up our ballpark on opening day 2021 with a full capacity of 100% fans. I think it's around 40, 41,000 fans. Yeah. And, it, and it, I, I literally, I jumped back and did the, you know, the, oh my yeah. OMG look, you know, as you look at yeah. your phone and you read this thing. And I've got a question for you, Tuttle. Would you attend that game with full capacity, 40,000 people right now? So I may be the eternal optimist and, uh, and it's but, masks are mandated. So if you go to the Rangers game, I just want to throw that yeah. out there. You would be masked and full capacity. Yeah. Um, and then probably temperature check when you walk in by some guy yeah. that has no idea what body temperature is as like Nate Fargazzi, my favorite. Yeah. He just wants to hear the beep. Like, beep. Yeah, he's like, oh, beep. Okay. You're 79 degrees. Yeah. That, that looks good. Like you're zombie dead. apocalypse. Like, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just, that cracks me up when you go to a restaurant and some 18 year old, they're like, beep. All right, your seat's over here. Like, what? Well, what was I? Like, yeah, seriously, what's my ninety-two? <laughs> like, wait, I'm, I'm Damn, dead. I'm dying. Yeah. So, so again, eternal optimist I am, but I also <laughs> am a sarcastic, biting sense of humor. So, forty-one thousand people. It is the Texas Rangers people. They're going to have twenty-eight thousand people on opening day, right? Like last place, <laughs> Texas Rangers. Like, so yeah, they're they're looking. Just... Hey, they're right looking right at right. they're looking at this as a as a whatever a promotional opportunity. Like, guess it's wide open everybody okay it's forty-four thousand, but we got we got 28 you know we're not even at maximum capacity so yeah it's so bad if that happens dude that's oh, yeah. so depressing oh man so 
Yes, me personally, I would not have a problem going. Now, again, it is the Texas Rangers. You know, who's their opening day starter? I have no idea. No, um, but I, I would I would not have a problem going to the endearing yourself to, to Houston yeah. Astro fans right there. There you go. It's also outdoors, which people forget. You know, they have the walkways yeah. and the. I mean, this isn't like it's it's not like you're going to be sitting in a 15 by 15 room yeah. with all these people like watching a TV. I mean, you're outdoors. You can be on the walkway. I'm sure they have, you know, I, I actually have not been to, um, is it Arlington stadium still? No, it's a like globe life field. Now yeah. I think they See, got that new just, retractable dome or whatever it is. I'm everything sure has a, yeah. like, all right, globe life, Arlington. Like, I mean, you could just list oh my the, gosh, I, I can't keep up. Names. Right. You yeah. go energy. I still, I still Enron field to whatever. I mean, I get, yeah, no, I so. still call, uh, shoot i still call uh san francisco candlestick every once in a while because i get lost yeah. in the moment or jack I murphy love, or yeah you know joe robbie right. stadium remember when they were actually like named after people yeah jack murphy turned into qualcomm which turned into like an empty stadium down here that's got like weeds they in it blew now. it up yeah i mean it's yeah i mean they just blew it I up was a little depra- i was weeds. a little bummed out man so this is a really nice segue, but I have grown up, as you know, in the Bay Area and lived up there right near where you went to college. And every time I drive into San Francisco, still driving on the 101 there, yeah, I look over to the point. right on Candlestick Point. And there's yes. no stadium. It freaks it me out. I, my grandfather used to take me to games there. You know, the orange seats down, you know, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer baseball yes. game in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> I look there and I look for it every single time. I mean, I it's been gone for 20 years. Because I do the same thing. Every, uh, even to this day, when we fl- if we fly into SFO and even to play Oakland, we you got to yeah. drive up that, that yeah. highway. And I mean, and I can feel it. I'll be kind of slunched, tired, slunched over tired. And I'll go, oh, that's candlestick. Can't- Oh man, uh, candlestick point ain't there anymore. <laughs> it's, the? it's sad. It's a trip. It's such a trip. So so anyway, but that gets to the Arlington Stadium to what did you say, Globe Life Field? I mean, you know, I'm sure Minute they have Minute activities Park. out in the outfield, and I mean, you know, I know Anaheim Stadium really well. I know uh, mm-hmm. AT and T Park really well. I mean, they all have these outdoor now activities and and walkways, oh, yeah. and you know, you can. You know, I mean, you can get there and feel safe. And I certainly with 40,000 people wearing masks in there and, you know, I, I would feel I would feel fine going to the game. I, but I do think, you know, it was a little tongue in cheek about being a promotion. But gosh, you know, if the mask mandate's gone and we're in a free, you know, country or a free state, you know, and Texas mm-hmm. is certainly to the right of that, then, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 I feel like that place will be full. And what a great kind of jumping off point for the baseball season if they can fill it up and get everybody kind of like hey this is what we're going to do now obviously if cases go up or they have some sort of i don't know i i I laugh yeah go ahead i think the i think the super bowl gave them hope yeah you know i don't think there was a big super spreader event in tampa bay or at least i haven't heard the news i would imagine if it was i'm sure it would be blasted everywhere but i think that that kind of encouraged this situation we're in and uh, the idea of having 100 percent attendance is a little aggressive for me i think initially uh, i know the astros are going to be a little more tempered in their approach but again it's a different city up in arlington yeah. dallas fort worth it, like you said it may be a little bit further right and a little more open mm-hmm. down here in houston we have a democratic governor i mean Democratic mayor and yeah. uh, Sylvester Turner, who I think will have input on what's going on. And uh, yeah. also for fans down here, they know Judge Hildago is, you know, hardcore mask mandate and lockdown stuff. 
So they may have some input in that sense, but I think the Astros have actually come out and said that they're going to gradually increase. They're going to kind of, you know, play it by ear and see how it goes. Uh, but the, it, there was another interesting one. I was watching, the, like I said, the Rockies game and the Rockies announcers who are an affiliate of AT&T Sportsnet, they said that Colorado is actually going to open it up to close to 43%, which I thought was really interesting in a, in a, city in a state that may be a little more cautious than a state like yeah. Texas. So things are trending in the right direction. Yeah. Well, you know, it is the mile high stadium and I will say 43%. I love that. That's the number. It's not 40%. It's not around like 43%. Yeah. Like they must do really every other seat and then yeah. done the numbers like that. I mean, please, we're not scientists or math majors and they're throwing us <laughs> throw, how many guy. is 43% of all the anyway, but I, I, but I, you know, that's an outdoor stadium. You've been there a bunch of times as have I like Colorado <laughs> stadium there or the Rocky stadium is really nice and outdoors. That would be another opportunity, like you said, but, um, you know, it makes me think about what you said, the super spreader event, because we get emails from the superintendent of schools here in Orange County, mm -hmm. where the district, obviously, the, where our kids are, and you're familiar with um, from your former California residency. But it's funny because they send out like if you your my, my kids are going to school like every other day, like two days a week, uh, they're home two days a week. And um, the superintendent always says like, Hey, you know, your son or daughter may have come into contact with somebody who had COVID. Mm -hmm. There was a, you know, a positive case of COVID here. <clears throat> but when you read the fine print and they've said this in the school district, and I found this so interesting and this could relate to, to big time sports, there is no documented case of a transmission on a, on a, on a campus. And oh, wow. that's the key to this whole thing, right? If we go to the legality of it, how do you Man. prove where somebody got it? So if I'm at my gym and I get COVID, do I blame somebody at my gym or do I say, oh, it's where I got my smoothie afterward or it's that I went into work or I went into a, you know, a, a business mm -hmm. meeting because I'm now doing some face-to-face -face work um, with, with colleagues and other people, um, clients. And it's like, how do you know where it gets transmitted anyway? So even if you open your stadium to 40,000 people and some guy got it and some guy, a vendor says, oh, I was selling beer to this guy and I've got COVID, there's, they're off the hook. There's no way to say, oh yeah, that's yeah, the guy in row, row seven, seat four that gave you the 10 bucks for the two beers or one beer in this case, right? If you're in a stadium, you know, I, I, and I thought that was, to me, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, so they're like, hey, we're taking all the precautions. Yes, this is the protocol. If somebody on campus was positive, but there's no way to say that they got it on campus. And so everyone just yeah. kind of like, you know, and so yeah. I think that's a really interesting variable. I mean, what, what do you think about that? That kind of blew me away. Like you wouldn't know where you got it anyway, right? No, it's fascinating because even on a limited, uh, even though you're limited in who you are around or you're limiting your bubble that you're around, there it, there's potential everywhere. I mean, the supermarket, good Lord, how many people are going in and out of that place on a daily basis? <laughs> and if somebody bought, you know, you go to buy that last thing of toilet paper, remember those days when you couldn't oh, get yeah. toilet paper? Somebody <laughs> grabbed it and said, oh, we got plenty and put it back on the shelf and you grab it next. I mean, yeah. how do you, contact tracing is amazing. I don't understand in, yeah. in public, in the GP, like we talk about the general public how do you contact trace because right. you know everybody's doing their own thing and then you shove everybody into the same building yeah. and you can't you can't blame it on that one event but i think it's great that they actually put it in there but again it's funny that it's kind of you know in the fourth or fifth paragraph real small underneath as we're signing mm -hmm. off and saying goodbye see you next week at school yeah that's exactly right and so this goes to the your point about would you go to you know uh globe life stadium 
uh, and watch a baseball game with 40,000 people wearing masks. Like, I mean, it does, it's no skin off the uh, Texas Rangers nose, right? I mean, they're not going to, there's no way to prove that anybody got it in there. I say the liability like, of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and there's no mask mandate based on what the governor said. So I think from a liability standpoint and getting everything started, I think it's a great idea, but it almost is like, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, cannoli, right? Enoli cannoli. Yeah, I mean, it's like a promotion. Like, hey, we got, hey, we're opening up the stadium. It's a hundred percent. Anybody that wants to come, That's come. What it I felt mean, like. yeah, it's like a minor league promotion at a major league level, and it'd be really interesting to see how many people go. And I know we'll talk about it again, but I thought, I, I mean, to me, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a good idea, but you know, I'm not running the organization, and I'm not, you know. Mm getting any season shut down based on somebody yeah. having a positive case either. So, yeah. And I think with every major organization, whether it be a car dealership or a major league baseball team, I mean, you're, the, the biggest risk is going to be that public opinion, which uh, seems to be running rampant these days as far as, uh, you know, ridiculing and shaming people. But I do hope that it works out well. And I do hope that uh, these vaccine vaccines are being taken and uh, working and that we can, like you said, middle of summer, you know, I'm hoping we're not traveling for, for road games yet. And I hope that that is a yet with a dot, dot, dot after it. And we yeah. can kind of change that also so that we can be a little more active and engaging and interactive uh, with our broadcast. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, obviously that's the the Bud Black thing that you started off with, right? It's starting to feel mm -hmm. like normal. Let's just hope that the yet dot, dot, dot. I write a lot of my texts with dot, 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 because, you know, it's a comp free flowing conversation, but you want, you yeah. know, let's, it, it's a, it's a work in progress. You know, I, you mentioned something else right now, and I did not necessarily want to go down this road, but, um, uh, the coach at Creighton, uh, his son plays in the NBA. Um, but you, you were just talking about how everybody's out to get people and the way the news goes. And he used the word yeah. plantation, you know, Hey, let's keep mm -hmm. everybody, you know, and that's an old saying, and it certainly has derogatory, whatever, but God, you know, he's a coach and he wants to keep the team tight. Like, can we just say he apologized and it's McDermott. That's what it is. His son, Doug yeah, McDermott, good memory. but yeah, yeah, coach McDermott, like he's been at Creighton for years. He's kept them, you know, in the top 20 every year like they're a solid basketball team like why can't we just and i you know i i'm not a man of color we know this we've had a little more um uh discussion about this way back you know 20 podcasts ago but golly i mean can't we just say look he, he that that was a totally um the total wrong word to say in that situation but oh, this guy's a yeah. damn good basketball coach and he's coached many men of color <laughs> and mm -hmm. many men of color throughout the years and he's been a role model and a great example created of, opportunities to, too yeah yeah like geez i i mean you know we nobody's you perfect know, dude no and what does harbaugh say all the time like their family always had the who's got it better than us nobody like maybe the the plantation or the headquarters or the group or the whatever the word is is like the farm we just gotta i mean keep, there's so many yeah other, we gotta lock yeah. arms let's keep it tight so he used the wrong word like so anyway i didn't want to go off on a well, tangent but like you said we're just in here's, this place here's another where, thing you know, yeah. with with you saying that, and I understand, but you are getting passionate about it right now. Yeah, Guess yeah. where Coach McDermott was when he said that? He was <laughs> in the heat of passion. Yeah, and I, oh, you yeah. know, I, there's no excuse for it. But at the same time, the governor that you do have, and that we try and exercise, and you know, this is one of the things I think being having a podcast and being on a live show uh, on a regular basis creates you know a heightened attention to the words you're actually using but we are really limiting a lot of the words and vernacular that we're able to use yeah. but you know I, I agree with you that his intent was was 
not to be to use it in that fashion it's just unfortunate in the heat of that passionate moment he used that word but yeah absolutely i don't yeah go ahead sorry but why can't we why can't we explain that and have there's no forgiveness i think that's probably the biggest thing right and that's it. What, what's wrong with forgiving people? I mean, you know, my wife says it to me all the time. Like, I mean, I'm not a wordsmith. I like to use a lot of words, but, you know, they don't, they just sometimes blurt out, as you know, being on a podcast and it has come out. That's yeah, what we do. That's why. And we're I said, well, yeah, but I'm like, you know, hon, that wasn't my intent. And she's like, well, you better think about your words more clearly, right? Like, I do the same it, thing, man. Oh, I, I mean, we're all guilty of it. But my point is, like, sometimes intent should matter. And I also believe that. Um, well, especially in my marriage and your marriage, we're, we're going to like hone down our intent should matter. Right. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, but that's but a lot of what has to do with it. Yeah. What, you've, you got thrown out of a baseball game before you told the guy to go, you know, F is whatever. And like, you know, that yep. was an umpire that you may have a relationship with and may not like we, if, you know, we've seen basketball games where guys throw punches or guys throw a 90 mile an hour pitch over some guy's head. Guess what? You know, that's in the heat of the moment. Like that's what's mm-hmm. happening. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong, but usually those guys get over it. I know there's like long held grudges, but you know what? If that guy pimps a home run and the guy hits him in the ribs the next time up, it's over usually. I mean, that's how they settle yeah. it. And people get so frustrated True. with baseball players of having these old school unwritten rules. We should have some old school unwritten rules in society that are like, look, you know, this is the hand slap. This is the punishment. You can't use words like that. And let's move on from it. Like, why do we mm-hmm. have to like dig a hole and bury a guy? I saw, I don't know what Les Miles did. And now I'm getting caught up in all these sports headlines because mm-hmm. I didn't read the article, but the uh, athletic director at Kansas got fired yesterday. And it's like, they basically say he didn't do because his job. He didn't, yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so then what do we go to LSU and fire that AD who hired Les Miles, who came from, you know, it's like, so how long does that chain go? And, and if we did that with our children, like, God, you know, you, you know, your children, your child makes a mistake. And, you know, three years later, they're like still paying for it. Like, like, what is that? Like, it doesn't make sense. So I know we got off on a tangent. You and I always have good stuff to talk about, but when you mentioned, um, you know, the contact tracing at Arlington and how that would look. It's, it's like, somebody's going to have an issue with it. Somebody's going to oh, make man. a big stink about it. You just got to anticipate that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so those were the headlines I thought this week, but man, how'd you like to lose your job for hiring somebody three years ago based on something that you, you know, that were, you were told or you, you the evidence. Yeah, because the university different. he was at before didn't disclose the information. You know, that's another, that's where you're kind of going with, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all the way back. Yeah. I mean, but those are, you know, those are peels of the onion that just all of a sudden you get to the core and find out, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, you could, you could do that to anybody now, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but we don't want to do that. I mean, I don't want to, I certainly don't want my onion peeled back. So yeah. Yeah. None of us do. Are you kidding me? That's why, you know. 22 years ago when you were, you know, having a few um, drinks at midnight. But you're in a position where you can offer uh, advice to young athletes. And I'm sure you've yeah. been asked by parents that your kids' teams are on when they find out your history. And you know, yeah, we are spiraling right here. But, you know, a lot of the, <laughs> you know, I get the question a lot. You know, I, yeah. I played Little League I, and we, we both yeah. played Little League. We made it through yeah. college. Uh, yeah. You know, we get questions about that choice. We made it through uh, Pro Ball and things like that. And we're now we're older. So we've, we've got the experience to kind of yeah. formulate an opinion of our own to give to other people because they ask about our expertise and the question I get is you know what advice do you have for a young athlete I say work hard play harder 
And this is probably the most important one. I had no, and I've been saying this for years, but I had no idea that it was going to be so effective today. Don't piss anybody off. Yeah. You know, be human, be, be a con- yeah. congenial human, have conversations, uh, agree to disagree. If you do have a, have a, have an opinion, but don't piss anybody off because someday you're going to yeah. maybe need that person for a job is, was, was my original thought. Uh, but I didn't realize it was so you don't get crushed uh, on the internet, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, that was my initial I think, thought. I didn't know it was going to come to fruition the way it has now. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think the work hard, play hard thing is fun, especially for us, but you know, even for younger athletes, I I'm, I'm having this tug of war myself um, with having the confidence and having gone through it. Cause you and I talked about this on prior podcasts too. And our listeners have heard this is that, you know, we didn't know the process. I mean, back then they didn't have perfect game and, you know, the area code games had just started when I was around. And I think, you know, yeah, you're I'm just the a same few boat. years behind that. Yeah. Like two years in, I, w- I was the first or second year of the area code games. You must've been like the third or fourth year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was kind of all we had. So, you know, the, the, I still encourage people to play multiple sports and, you know, my tug of war now is because of COVID, I got my daughter into club soccer and she's skipping little league this year. Last year she played little league with the boys and, you know, she has soccer like three days a week and, you know, she got a little less playing time. And I think you dealt with that with one of your daughters, like, and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like, Oh, maybe you should ask the coach how we get more playing time. I'm like, we are not asking the coach how to get more playing time because we know the answer to that question. You you change their mind by how you play. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're, you know, and then I'm thinking, God, we're all locked into soccer. Like, you know, she was playing water polo and baseball and it's like, man, my, so even personally, I'm having the tug of war because I don't necessarily want her to hone in on one sport, but I think Mm -hmm. the overarching theme is what you said, like work hard, play hard and do your best. And it always brings me back to the Jocko thing where somebody asks him about, you know, what if you have a boss you don't get along with, you know, or a coach you don't get along with. And Jocko said, that's never been a problem for me. I always get along with everybody above me and then wink, wink. I, I like them too. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you probably didn't get along with your coach. I know two of your college coaches. Blue who, Pinella, man, can stand that guy. Yeah. Right. But guess what? You know, you just, you got to get along man. you know what your role is. And if you're going to have a, uh, a conflict then just you stay away and they'll probably stay away from you too. But uh, yeah, I think as the s- subordinate in that scenario, right. When somebody has it over you, you got to just kind of, you got to, it's not kissing ass. It's you've got to do what you, you have to do your job well enough and, and to the best of your ability without upsetting your boss, who is in charge of, you know, your career and your direction. And that can translate into sports or everything else. So um, I think that's exactly what you hit the nail, you know, you hit the nail on the head by saying like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to that place with my daughters and my kids saying, look, you know, there is no coach that you're not going to get along with. Mm-hmm. There is no, you know, boss that you won't get along with because, you know, that's that's part of the skill set of who yes. you are and, and how you're going to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, that book, Extreme Leadership, that Jocko oh, yeah. wrote Extreme with ownership. Uh, yeah. With, with uh, who's Leaf, Leaf Babin? Leaf Babin? Yeah, Leaf Babin. Yeah. Extreme yeah. Ownership. Yeah. Extreme ownership by the book, because it speaks specifically to those points where, you know, the the breakdown, yeah, you can blame it on a boss, but ultimately you have to do your job. And like Tuttle just said, just do it better and everything's fine. You know, take care of your own. Yeah. I did not want to have a conversation with my daughters, you know, 
club soccer coach about how she can get five minutes more playing time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he doesn't care about mistakes. He wants you to go in there and bust your hump. And if it looks like yeah. you're not hustling or you're thinking, which that happens with, you know, I mentioned my daughter's 11. I see it all the time. And you probably had this as well. When somebody implements a new strategy, I mean, you see it in spring training, those first and third drills, <laughs> like the guy runs off, you step off and now your brain's involved. When your brain's involved, it's you, everything slows oh, down. Man. And so I'm watching 11 year old girls who are pretty damn good soccer players like freeze you know they're like well wait a second what mm -hmm. am i wait uh, uh. paralysis so, by analysis yeah so so you see it and you know it's a part of the learning experience but yeah you i mean yeah. i can sympathize even with the coach in that scenario it's like yeah they're playing slower and you know the Mm -hmm. It's two steps or yeah, step backward to go two forward. So anyway, yep. we, we definitely went off on a tangent, but I think the topic is valid and relevant and people are always asking us like, what advice do you give? So hopefully they can glean something from, from this conversation. Yeah, please do. I hope they do, man. It's awesome. Um, I don't know what else you got. That was actually yeah. good for me, man. That was yeah, I don't have a whole lot, man. I don't, I mean, we're, you got more I than think you think, you but I know you didn't write it down on paper. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I think it's good stuff. I mean, all I'm saying is I, I now in, you know, I say this a lot in sales, right? Like, let's start with the end in mind. You brought up Bud Black at the beginning. And I think that's a great way to wrap this up and just say, look, yeah. you know, it's starting to feel like normal. This podcast is starting to feel like normal. Our relationship's feeling like normal. You sent me a text this week that said, hey, Tuttle, if you get bored in California, you know, the St. Arnold Brewery may uh, host a podcast for us if we head Heck out there. Yeah. So boy, it's starting to feel like normal, Blummer, and I'm mm -hmm. excited about that. I do want to give a shout out to the healthcare workers, the frontline workers. Uh, we just talked about Jocko, obviously the frontline military, um, you know, that, you know, offers us the freedom that we have and, and, you know, fire, military and police, all those, all those services that we rely on so heavily at a time like this. And then, as we mentioned, the healthcare workers, but I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back, Blummer. So mm -hmm. if they can get 44,000 people in a Globe Life Stadium on opening day, then uh, tip of the cap to the Rangers. So it's always good to be yeah. with you, man. And uh, I'll throw it back to you. Yep. Very well said. Very much appreciated. And again, uh, you know, if there is a potential meet and greet with Tuttle and Blum at St. Arnold in their beer garden, I would anticipate a very, very good time. So I look forward to the opportunity possibly for that. And of course, uh, Just Geek It Solutions is another company who gets our website up. Uh, make sure you get to bleacherblums.com and check us out. We're also on Social Nostra Network where the views have been escalating. We greatly appreciate that where you get to see some of this moss and the also, you can't see it on the Audible version on iTunes, but Bleacher Blums has got the St. Paddy's Day shirt going right now because it's St. Paddy's Week. And of course, Tuttle's showing some swag too with the great hats that we have. And that obviously comes from Ram shirts and Crush City Tees. We greatly appreciate them. But that was outstanding. I look forward to talking to you again. Uh, maybe we update a little bit about spring training because when I come, when we come back, next week with another episode of Bleacher Blums. That will be the last episode until I get back on TV and broadcast live baseball. So that will be an exciting week and we'll talk a lot of baseball next week. Awesome. Blummer. It's great. What do we say? Hey, until we see you next time, you better get after it, but most of all, believe it. Here we go.